the cooperation has a long history. There was limited international work in Syria for the first 20 years after independence, but it particularly expanded with the big rescue projects, such as the Tabqa Dam on the Euphrates. And since 1970, the 70s, uh, Syria has remained open to international cooperation, research, and heritage management. There's also been uh, an extensive program of the tra scientific training abroad of Syrian students. Around 10 every year have gone to study internationally. Next slide. And we felt that with this cooperation comes a degree of responsibility. It's now the case in, in some way that the, the memory, the scientific memory, and some of the archives of Syrian heritage are at least partly held outside the country now. This includes the archives of excavation projects and the knowledge of Syrian scholars who are no longer working in Syria. And we feel there's an obligation to manage and protect these for the future when And we can comment on initiatives, offer suggestions and advice. And we are also trying to respond to the needs of Syrian colleagues and the authorities. So we try to bring the expertise of the active scientific community, because there is still a lot of research being done and published on Syrian archaeology, and we're trying to bring that expertise 
to the heritage protection situation. Next slide. This is the group of people, Michel Almaktesi, who used to be the assistant director of antiquities, who's in charge of excavations, um, representatives from many countries, and a small advisory board. Next slide. And you can find out more on the website here. Next slide. So we've tried to encourage countries to found national committees. And these now exist in, at the moment, nine countries. Australia, Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, Poland, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the US. And the aim is that these committees will increase Shireen's presence when it comes to national initiatives. The reality is that a lot of the funding for supporting Syrian uh, protection, Syrian antiquities, is coming from national rather than international sources. And partly we see our role as trying to avoid lots of duplication of effort and ensure that what is happening in Australia is not contradicting what is happening in Germany. So the common aims are to facilitate national initiatives for welcoming and training Syrian colleagues elsewhere in foreign countries. We're trying to collect, to maintain, and make available scientific archives on Syrian heritage. All these excavation projects have their archives. They have the excavation records, their object photographs, their lists. And a lot of this material went into Syrian museums. When Syrian museums are attacked and destroyed, if the records are destroyed, then at least parts of those records also exist in the museums and universities outside Syria, where the excavation projects were based. We also function to make available scientific expertise on artifacts to try and reduce smuggling. So there's a point of contact. If a number of cylinder seals becomes available, you really need somebody who knows serious sets, cylinder seals of different styles of periods that might be able to identify where these have come from. And we also want to maintain active research in Syrian history. We want an archaeology. We still want students to study the archaeology of history, uh, the archaeology and history of Syria, so that it doesn't simply disappear from view in external institutions. Next slide. So our key priorities are to provide expertise, experience, as part of the preparation for the post-Civil War period, by acting as experts, suggesting actions and priorities to international funding bodies, to collect information by producing damage assessments for sites that use the expert knowledge of the teams that worked on those sites, and to evaluate the provenance of illicitly excavated or purchased artifacts when people ask us to help. And we're also collaborating in tools for heritage management, in particular the historic environment record for Syria, and we're working in collaboration with Yamina for this project. Next slide. For damage assessment, one of the arguments we make is that the best experts in particular sites and regions are the field archaeologists who work there. 
They often have a very good knowledge of individual sites and regions and can help identify. For example, if you find a large hole in a site, the excavation director might know that that was made in 1985 and had nothing to do with looting. People who don't know the sites and areas are very prone to jumping to conclusions. And we had a first series of information and 56 directors answered and we got damage reports for 20 sites. A second campaign was launched in April of this year with satellite imagery survived by the UNOSAT organization in Geneva. And we're aiming to make a much larger assessment and to share and collaborate with Yamina and to make this information available to the Directorate General and to other bodies like UNESCO who might require this. Next slide. And we're working with Yamina to develop the historic environment record for Syria, which is a basic tool for, you might call it, preventive archaeology for damage monitoring and control. Next slide. Now, the Directorate General in Syria requires access to an inventory of heritage sites. Without that, and at present they don't have a full inventory, but without an inventory, efforts to manage, to protect, and to prioritize threats to Syrian heritage are made very, very difficult. If you don't have a master inventory of the site, it's very hard to know what's going on. So the HER, we think, will be of real value in tracking damage to heritage during the conflict. But perhaps more importantly, when the conflict ends, and it will eventually end, there will be a single central record which will make it much easier to review the situation to define the priorities for action post-conflict and to undertake the protection efforts that will be absolutely essential during reconstruction. But the, in a way, the nightmare scenario is that overseas funding, whether from Gulf states, China, anywhere, Russia, forces mass rebuilding in the centers of cities like Aleppo or Homs and old buildings are simply bulldozed because there's no one to argue for them. There's no record of what used to be there. And the planning process is subverted, and money talks. At least by having the information, we give the heritage protection people some ammunition with which to fight. And they may have to fight when the redevelopment comes and large amounts of money are involved. Next slide. So an HER will provide a list of known heritage sites that should be monitored for damage assessment. We want to prepare detailed case study assessments of some priority sites, almost like textbook examples of what can be done. It will provide a tool to help with the management of heritage during the post-conflict redevelopment. The heritage managers, archaeologists will know what is where. And when developers are planning, rebuilding operations, new roads, hospitals, people know where the archaeology is. Now, we can't protect it all, but the point is to know what's there so we can make choices about what is really important and, frankly, what can be reported quickly and destroyed. It will also allow us to identify gaps in our current information 
that will point up those areas that have never been surveyed. Well, we simply don't know what's out there. And we can then use imagery and perhaps on the groundwork to start looking for sites in areas which at present appear blank. And having a tool, the HCR, will help meet the expectations of international donor organizations. Big funders will expect there to be mechanisms in place for heritage protection. It's part of the rules they work to. So when suggested development projects are assessed by international funding bodies, having the heritage protection measures, including the inventory, will be important. Next slide. So we're creating an HCR for Syria based on combining data from a number of research projects, from the Fragile Crescent project, which was based at Durham University, from the French Projet Iliosia, and also additional data from surveys undertaken in other regions. And Shireen can prove very effective here because it is a group that brings together the archaeologists and researchers. We can get access to data that people might otherwise feel quite protective about and pull it all together in a massive database within the Uamina framework. Next slide. This slide shows the geographical areas covered, that these areas in the lines here are covered by the Fragile Crescent project, and also the sites that have been plotted by the French Pyrrhusium project. And next slide. This slide shows what the two data sets look like when they're combined. There's actually quite a lot more data than this, but it gives you an idea. And it also highlights the gaps. You can see, for example, the area between the Euphrates River and the Habor. There's a large gap here in that area. But we have to know that, that is covered by surveys done by German teams, but they're not yet in the database. Next slide. Shireen has also been, been involved in creating inventories of artifacts in Syrian museums, digital inventories. Next slide. That the in, in, what tends to happen in times of war, when museums are attacked or damaged, the records are destroyed, the archives are destroyed, the lists of the artifacts in the museums are destroyed. Traditionally in Syria, the in museum inventories were written hand by hand on large books. You may know the word dafters, with small photographs stuck into these paper volumes. But these are, you know, when museums are attacked and damaged, or bombed, or burned down, these are destroyed. Even if they had been stored separately from the artifacts in different rooms, they're often still destroyed. But nowadays, with digital inventories, these are easy to back up. These are easy to store in multiple copies. Next slide. In the last 60 years, Syria created an impressive but rather decentralized landscape of museums. 36 in total. The big museums, the national museums at Aleppo, Damascus, and Pomara. But a lot of the records of the smaller museums were kept only in those museums. There appear not to have been copies of a lot of this information kept in Damascus. 
And this is partly because it was done on paper. During the past five years of conflict, a number of these museums have been threatened by destruction or looting, and a few have been destroyed and looted. The DGM has evacuated objects where they could and have started to make lists and inventories, but there's a lot of work still to be done. Next slide. So what Shireen project is to digitize the inventory of the Museum of Derazor. And this is a joint project with the Directorate General and the Freie University of Berlin, sponsored by the German Ministry of Culture. But by involving Shireen, we've been able to bring a number of other people into the project who had knowledge of the material in that museum. Next slide. The Museum of Derazor was founded in the 70s, but a new building was built in the 1990s. And it was particularly designed to house artifacts excavated from rescue projects on the Habur, on, uh, from dam projects. Contains material from Derazor and Hasekin districts. And officially, there are over 20,000 registered objects in that museum. And the Directorate General apparently flew out or rescued about 25,000 objects when it looked as if Erezor might fall to ISIS, to, to Daesh. Next slide. So, the Digital Museum has aiming to try and create a digital collection because the, 20, the 21,000 officially registered objects were those the museum identified. We know that there were a large number of other objects in that museum that had been handed in by excavation teams, but which had never received a museum identifier. So those are not in the system at all. And in 2015, two workshops were conducted and IT procedures workflow. At the end of 2015, more than 4,000 entries had been produced with photographs scanned from the records held by excavation teams. And Shirin colleague Netherlands are now planning a similar project for the Museum of Raqqa because the Dutch project worked quite extensively in the Bali Valley, just to the east of Raqqa. And a lot of their material went to Raqqa. Next slide. This is just an example of this is the German team at Tel Sheikh Hamad whose material went to the museum. And you can see at the bottom of the slide that of the, in this page alone, of the 32 objects delivered, only four received a museum identifier. So about 20%, less than 20%. And this gives you an idea of the scale of the documentation issue, because a large load of staff were swamped with the sheer amount of material coming in from all these projects. And a lot of material was never fully documented. Next slide. This gives you an idea of how the digital inventory has worked. Image, museum number, linked to the original excavation number, site, date. And it's a relatively simple thing to do. It's a lot of work, but it's relatively simple. But it is a case of getting the projects. In this case, the Americans working at the lab to confirm and their excavation lists with the museums lists, or the missing museums lists. So we have material here from the American excavations at Leilan, German team at Sheikh Hamad, and 
object of unknown provenance that the museum confiscated, and a tablet from the Belgian project. So we have a number of different countries whose projects are being systematically brought together within the museum inventory. And as I said, we're hoping that the Dutch team will start to do the same thing. So effectively, we're trying to reconstruct lost museum records by going back to the excavation projects and getting using their records and starting to cross-link. Next slide. So this brings me to the end of the presentation, but I hope it gives you an idea of what Shireen is. It's the outcome of really the concern of former excavation directors and project leaders about the sites they worked in, the regions they worked in. These colleagues and projects often have premium quality information at their disposal in the project archives. And this is crucial. They will have huge archives of photographs, lists of objects, and so on. And this is crucial analyzing the present-day situation, be it inventories of objects, be it state archaeological projects and sites. But this will become even more important when we start to try and reconstruct what has been lost and damaged in the post-war situation. So Shuri is a voluntary organization. We have next to no budget, but we try to build tools that will facilitate integrating data that is currently dispersed across many different countries and teams. In a way, that's quite fortunate, because it means that even though particular museums in Syria might have been just destroyed, a lot of that information does exist in copies, but in teams in other countries. And this data will be crucial for the preservation and the restarting and the reconstruction of what was lost, and also for preventing and rescuing and monitoring damage in the future. So we believe that Syrian archaeology, as we know it, was built over 50 years on the basis of close collaboration <coughs> between international and Syrian researchers. And Shireen believes that this store of mutual respect and the track record of shared activity built up over many years is a powerful driver for continuing collaboration in the future. So this is, these are the kind of things that we think we can do by acting as a to bring together the leaders of the various projects and members of the research teams to continue their interest in Syria and to support Syrian archaeology and to look towards to protect what we can from the past, but also to look towards the situation five years, ten years from here. Well, thank you very much. That's really all I have to say, but I'm happy to uh, answer questions as best as I can.